0: This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed,
1: Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden.
0: Bring you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. We have Premiere Date News, which is good, because you know we like the mid-season schedule for the CW has been rolling in kind of like a faucet that's like broken. It's just trickling in a little <laughs> bit by a little bit. But like we finally have a Superman and Lois season three premiere day and it's coming Tuesday, March 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is an interesting decision by the powers that be.
1: It is. But I just I do want to commend the CW because they said it's the end of the year. You can finally have some good news and we kind of need it after the year we've had. Um, it is an interesting decision to hold it to March, but we kind of did predict that they might hold it a little bit longer for two reasons. And it seems like they've both signed up. One, this could mean less hiatuses and after the hiatuses we've been through the last two years, that's a good thing. And two, so they get purr with Gotham Knights, which makes total sense because now we know that Gotham Knights is coming and it will also premiere on Tuesday, March 14th. But in the 9pm slot, I think this is an interesting purring and I think the DC connection might end up benefiting Gotham Knights, I hope, because I think after the first trailer, it could do with a bump and Superman at is guaranteed to bring that. It kind of made me more excited for Gotham
2: Knights. <laughs> Am I weird to think that? Because, like, I was like, ooh, Superman and Lois and Gotham Knights. Like, maybe, like, because I know I like Superman and Lois. If once I try Gotham Knights, I think I may be influenced by how much I like Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. I that's, guess what that. I
0: yeah. that's what they're hoping. I think that's what they're hoping. Like, we're going to reel everybody in.
2: <laughs> or the drop off will be so stark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> quality
0: (laughs) i hope not i feel like the the um, premiere will probably be strong coming off of superman lois premiere as well but like that episode two those episode two numbers well i mean i'm
2: not talking ratings i'm talking like you're watching art and then like you watch the second hour of the Tuesday time <laughs> oh. slot and it's like, <laughs> and you're like, Ugh. but no, we're, oh, no. we're hoping good things. Fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, what is, it could be art and then it could be like, you know, soapy superhero drama and that'd be fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cute next to gorgeous. Whatever.
0: <laughs> 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 that's true. That's true. But since it is the end of the year, also we have to do the finale numbers. This time for the Radiance game, we are only doing CW originals um, because... Professional still hasn't finaled, and you know, law she's out here. She's okay, <laughs> but we we're gonna focus on the main team. So we have um, live plus same day numbers and live plus three for most of the shows. The only shows that have live plus sevens are Walker and Walker Independence. I don't know if it's because they're special or because Program Insider just hasn't gotten to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so for All American, the live uh, plus same day for their fall finale was. 453,000 viewers and it got bumped up to 775,000 three days later which is not bad mm-hmm. makes me feel like the plus sevens are probably going to be closer to like the million
1: yeah I feel like and that's kind of what they're going to have to take into account now because less people are watching on the night and It seems to be this network's progressing more towards that one million mark, or it's hoping to at least aim to, unless you're Superman at Lois and Walker, that's not going to happen for every other show. But we do see that these plus seven numbers do take into account that they are getting closer to that finish line than On the Night Viewers would provide them with. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, at All-American Homecoming, though, I didn't get the same. I guess it's a a similar bump, but their live plus same day was 311,000. And for the plus three, it was 531,000. So we're at a little over half a million. Um, I'm assuming that's solid for them. Uh, I just, it's, we were being in this place with the network where it's not clear what the number, like what the target is, presumably you have to get as close to a million as possible. Or if you're Walker hit that million Mm -hmm. by uh, the end of the week. Uh, Starfall did good though yes Starga, five, 456 thousand for the same day and then six hundred twenty eight thousand. i want to see the plus seven because the plus three looks good
1: very good and i maybe that's to do with the finale but stargirl's been pulling in consistent numbers on the night anyway so it's nice to see that it gets that like multiple day later bounce as well people did come back and tune in for it and maybe it's helped by the fact that pushing you can stream the whole season for free on the cw website now i don't know but like Any promo is good promo, and I'm glad to see Stargirl goes that high with, like, probably on average the third best figures on the CW because that's kind of what it was bringing in in general throughout its run. So, yay, Stargirl.
0: Yay. Uh, And then, as mentioned, Walker was 796,000, and then it hit that 1,370,000 views. They're, like, presumably the top-rated show, of the CW, which isn't surprising because they consistently have been. It will be interesting to see whether or not Superman and Lois snatches that crown once they premiere. But then again, Walker might be close to off by then.
1: Mm. It is going to be interesting because it feels like they're the Clash of the Titans, but will they ever clash? Because the network's been keeping one around for the fall and then now Superman and Lois is going to show up mid-season. That's probably a wise idea because it needs one of them big uh, view pillars. And... They're clearly holding the crown. The question is whether which one will do better. But it won't really matter if they're not competing with one another. If you know what I mean?
0: That's true. And I guess that would be smart. I feel like because the um, CW schedule has always been sort of top heavy and loaded, a lot of the shows have had to. I guess uh, compete wouldn't be. I guess necessarily the right word, but it's sort of a little distracting. And now mm. since there's less CW originals on, at the same time, you can have a front runner, a clear front runner, and everybody else that follows behind. Mm. Walker Independence got five hundred in one thousand for um, its final finale, and then a week later, nine hundred and twenty-five thousand, which is really good. So they're like the number either either number two or the number three slot depends on where uh, where All American consistently lands.
2: I love this for Wendy, but I need more people to I need to see people talking about it more. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the numbers are good, but we need. Come on,
1: <laughs> <laughs> more buzz.
0: <laughs> they need that push, too. They need that commercial that says watch um, all episodes of Walker Independence on the CW mm-hmm. app, which is a fast channel. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, <come on. laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. People <laughs> <since laughs> learn learned what that means. Free ad-supported streaming TV for anybody who, who doesn't know. Um, this is just Warner Brothers Discovery Shade. Moving on to Winchester's. Um, their, their live plus same day was 408,000 for the fall finale. And then for the plus B, it was 589,000, which has me concerned that they're not going to get as close to a million as they should, which considering how we felt about the fall finale, I kind of get it. But at the same time, I want them to be doing better.
1: I feel like this is still yet another disadvantage of that one week break before the finale, because when the midseason finale aired, less people watched it on the night. So even, no matter how many more people follow that up in the days later, that's num- those numbers are still going to be down because it's going to get most of its viewers on the night and it didn't do perform as well. With its fall finale, because it was kind of left out there on its own, so I'm hoping that it's very much just kind of like um, a one and done kind of issue, and that when it returns, it'll be more consistently performing. Because I feel like it's the show that was taken off and put back on quite a lot throughout its mm-hmm. run, whereas some of the other ones had a more straightforward run. So I'm hoping for the Winchester's because it's got so much potential and it's been a solid ratings performer. So I hope this is just like a, a small blip.
2: And we need a real juicy promo. That uses Tom Welling's name for that <laughs> <season> premiere.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good really, those TV spots out there.
2: Yeah, really hammer us with Tom Welling returns. Like <laughs> I need it. We <laughs> like, get to, people to watch.
0: They need to do ad space on like sci-fi. Like they right. just <laughs> yeah, just ad space everywhere. But that is how the um the shows did for their fall finales. It's a little, I mean. It's fine, Reed, you always say that we can't really compare it to the other networks like looking at it I'm just like mm. <laughs> like first cW standards it it was okay <laughs> mm-hmm. they they did they okay were right
2: I think it's a bit of an improvement from last season it's mm-hmm. baby steps but it's I mean we have nothing in the
1: hundred thousands so it's overlining mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And all these shows were pulled up by the fact that um, Winchester's in its early days and Windy in its early days were heading closer to the one million mark than the longer running shows were. So it's nice to see stats. I get, of course, as the shows goes on, they'll tumble down and they'll fall. But it's just it's nice to see stats a little bit closer to that one million mark just because of those premieres. Hopefully we can we can hope Gotham Knights will do the same. We'll say. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay. well, fingers crossed for Gotham Knights. Show, Um, but (laughs) I think it'll be fine. But uh, we are going to do some of our best CW favorites of 2022. I feel like this list should not be shocking to anyone who's been listening to the pod. But when it comes to best CW show of 2022, we have a tie between Star Girl and Walker Independence.
1: I'll take the Star Girl part then. Um, (laughs) uh, I feel like this show has been so consistent and such a consistent performer that. The fact that its third season was brilliant wasn't a shock to anyone, but the fact that it managed to stand out among the rest of its seasons and the shows that were on really just just highlight how great it was. I think the the worst part about its cancellation was the fact that it's just the end of the road for Stargirl when it was literally in its head eh, when it was consistently performing strong. So I just think that's a testament to the show. The show never fails. Um, it's so entertaining, it's so lively, and there is a lot of high standard quality superhero programming out there, and this show consistently earns its place at the top of that list. And season three was no different. So I think if you're gonna go out, you can go out like that. And Stargirl has absolutely everything to be proud of. And I just wanted to honor it one last time, basically because we probably can't next year. So yeah, yay, Stargirl. What a way to go out and what a season to close with. I'm very proud to be a fan of it.
0: Walker Independence is also best new show of 2022. <laughs> um, as you can tell, we're stands. And it's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really, For a show that hasn't even completed its first season, it has consistently brought something to the table every episode that is intriguing and fascinating. And we're part of this ride. It's so funny because like, um, when the reviews came out for, um, like, the first three or so episodes, we were like, what more can you do with, like, uh, a woman who wants revenge for her her husband's murder? And I was like, there's so much you can do. We're in the West, y'all. We're in, a, um, in the middle of the desert. There's so many different characters to fall in love with. And it's slowly, like introducing us to all of their backstories and it cannot wait until um, next year when her uh, Abby's sister comes to town and we learn more about Boston and what went down there.
2: I think uh, Wendy was the biggest surprise for us all. Um, mm-hmm. Longtime listeners will know that we were very on the fence about uh, Western on the CW. Was this going to look like and hearing about the plot, like this is ambitious. How are they going to pull this off? And then we saw that pilot screener and i think we were all blown away in different ways because we were our expectations were managed i don't want to say low they were managed (laughs) (laughs) and i think every week it continues to blow us away it's just so beautiful the way that they photograph it and the care that the actors take is fun it's heavy it's exciting and We love the Winchesters, too. Like, obviously, that's the second runner up for Best New Show 2022 on CW. But Wendy, I think, because of how surprised we were by it, like, she's just got to win. Yeah.
0: It's interesting, though, and this was not planned, but that we have a show that's going out as the best show and a show that just arrived as <laughs> the best show. It just feels like it it's full circle, especially as we head to this new era for the CW, which also means that we're, we're for, for Wendy, it's not necessarily new stars because that cast has a few CW um, folks on it. But for the Winchesters, it is a new ballgame, which is why we also want to give a shout out to Jake Roger for standout CW newcomer.
2: I love him, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say,
1: let me take this part. (laughs) I feel like I
2: strong armed this category in because, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I knew from the beginning that, like, when you see an actor's headshot, you're like, oh, and that can either, like, intrigue you to watch because you, like, you see what the face of the character is going to be. But I hadn't seen him in anything before, and he's a legitimately great actor like watching him perform as John is always really thrilling. And the things that he's gotten to do in these first seven episodes is incredible. And he does have an incredible um, scene partner with Donnelly, But I had seen her before, so I was kind of, I knew that she could like hold her own in a leading role and that she's like charismatic. Like I've seen her dance for her life in Zombies. I've seen her in <laughs> American Housewife, like cracking jokes. So I was like, I hadn't I like I wasn't worried about her and not that I was worried about Drake, but I was like, what is this going to feel like? It's such a big role. It's a big universe to step into as a as a fresh face. And I think he just continues to kill it. And I can't wait to see what else he does. Like he could be an action movie star if he wanted to. And I hope that he does if he wants that not to project my desires onto him.
0: Well, we are manifesting um, Nightwing for him, if yes, DC yes, wants yes. to call.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> DC gets attacking gear. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. But as far as standout CW veterans, we've each picked a person. Um, I'm going to start because if I can have an opportunity to um, gush about Divisio Leslie and what she did in Batwoman season three. I'm going to do that. <laughs> so I think for, no, we went into that season not realizing that that was going to be the last. No one could have imagined that that was what was going to happen. But I think Javessi gets a lot of praise for stepping in for season two and having to build an entire world around um, this character with the writers team and finding dynamics with the cast and how would this work, you know, when um, Kate Kane isn't Batwoman anymore, who's Ryan Wilder. But I think, um that was a huge achievement, but for season three, when that's no longer the obstacle, when you really have to step into the suit and you know don the cape in a way that you hadn't before, I think that's even more speaks to her ability as an actor because then it was all on her. We no longer have the shadow of Kate Kane. So that woman is who Jafissia Leslie becomes. And we learn her different, the story um, through season three as she navigates being incredibly awesome, but also incredibly vulnerable. Um, in this position where she's learning about her biological family and what does that mean and how does that work as she's contending with a brother who ends up becoming the Joker. (laughs) So I just think that one of the things that's so great about um, superhero dramas is this balance of family and what it means to be a superhero. And I think she killed it, along with the rest of the cast for season three. I wish we didn't have to say goodbye to her in her own show, but I'm super happy that we will get to see her again in The Flash season nine, because they're bringing everybody, apparently.
1: (laughs) She was exquisite. I I could not say that any better myself, but I just also wanted to add just you're right. Season two was all about the show must go on, but season three was all about Ryan Wilder and Javicia Leslie just absolutely shone in that role. By far my favorite season of the show as well. She was just exquisite. And yeah, I can't wait to see her in the flash either. Uh, My favorite uh, CW veteran. And we're in a similar predicament here because we have a third season that should not have been the final season. Mm -hmm. And then I of course want to pay tribute to Brack Basinger because What she has accomplished on Stargirl has just been so out of this world. Stargirl, I've always said, is a very mature show, but at the end of the day, it is still about teenagers. So where is that balance there? Superman Lois can do it, arguably balance it even better because you have adult stories and teenage stories. Stargirl has been all about teenage stories. So how do you balance that? And all you have to do is just look at Brack Passenger's performance. The way she's brought Courtney Whitmore to life was just incredible and just being able to like connect with that character see her annoying teenage tendencies before she figures them out but also like champion her to win this battle after that battle there is such like a an authenticity but also a maturity to that character and breck just brought it to life from start through finish right from right through to the end of the series and she had such great chemistry chemistry with so many of the main actors on the show as well and the thing i'm going to miss the most about star girl is her performance as Stargirl, which sounds really obvious to say, but I think it just feels like that is just a testament to how, what great work she did on the show. And even though it won't be the same, I can't wait to see her on Titans just to catch up with the character again and just to catch up with Brack. It was a wonderful performance. And again, if you're going to go out, go out delivering a performance like that. Excellent right through the end. I'm
2: realizing that all three of our picks are actresses from shows that have ended or are ending. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cause mine is uh to probably no surprise to anybody, Kennedy McMahon from Nancy Drew, who this year has just been a total revelation for me. Like I know that I watched a, a brief chunk of Nancy Drew when it premiered, but I didn't realize like she was doing all that in the rest of the episodes. Like we talk like probably every week about. Kennedy's uh, performance she's I, I don't know how else is it she's just so good that she becomes Nancy she knows this character inside and out and it's so it's fun just to watch her perform even even in the heavier scenes like the choices she makes and the I don't know she's just so exciting to watch and I'm sad we won't get to see her as Nancy for much longer but we do have at least for us two more seasons <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's true. Also manifesting a movie if she should want to do one. I just feel like they should do a Nancy movie. Uh, And then last but not least, and I guess this makes sense, um, again, unintentional to have actresses who have lost CW shows or will be stepping down from a role. Um, CW shows we're sorry to say goodbye to in 2022 is next. It is not the whole list. We didn't. (laughs) It could have been. (laughs) (laughs) We made a selection. First up is Dynasty.
2: I was obviously very sad to say goodbye to Dynasty. I know at the start of this podcast, when we were talking about um, what could potentially be canceled or renewed. Uh, our initial ideas were very different than what they later became in May. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I remember at one point I was like, I just can't see this being the final season of Dynasty. Like I don't, I can't figure out the end game But as soon as I saw it in the season and I had accepted that the show had been canceled, like it didn't leave me wanting more. I don't feel like I was cheated. It did feel a little rushed in hindsight. But I mean, that's just the nature of the game CW is playing. Um, But it's still sad. It was the, the bright spot at the end of the week on Friday nights. And it really carved out a place for itself internationally. And I hope that in the future, it becomes a cult classic and the American audience that did not watch on the CW. Will somehow, um, you know, rediscover it and see that it was very a necessary bundle of crazy that we needed in this strange era of, you know, the world.
0: <laughs> we I mean, so goodness.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. I really feel like we all need that in our lives, and I feel like we also got plenty of that from the Arrowverse shows, particularly. I don't want to say the. Be Arrowverse shows you, you when the Arrowverse was in its prime you had like the likes of the Flash uh, uh, Arrow and Supergirl leading the charge but there were always the secondary ones which were arguably more entertaining like Legends of Tomorrow or Batwoman so the fact that you lost that entire like undercurrent of the Arrowverse it's no surprise it, it caved in after that because I feel like they were kind of like the foundations that were holding this universe together and the fact that they were just like culled as well it just it, it there were so many layers to this universe, and now so many of them are gone. And sometimes it's the ones on the inside that matter more. We we saw what the Flash was getting up to. We saw what Supergirl and Arrow were getting up to. It was nice sometimes to visit these less famous shows. And see what the secondary characters were getting up to. And the thing I loved about like Legends of Tomorrow, for example, all these secondary Arrowverse characters never felt like secondary characters in their own show. They were all main characters, and it was such a bundle of joy. And Batwoman was to explore new territories by using like an old example of like the Bat Family to do that. And it was just, I feel like it was building this universe out. So I'm not surprised that the Arrowverse kind of caved in after those shows were gone. And of course, I'm going to just like take a second to talk about The Flash as well, because even though it hasn't ended yet, it was a revolutionary show for the CW. So it's weird to imagine that, yes, we'll have it next year. But after that, we won't. And where does this universe, where does this network go after that? I feel like the superheroes have kind of been keeping it afloat after that kind of like teen, gossip girl, vampire diaries era ended. So what does the next era look like? We still have Superman at Lois for now. We will have Gotham Knights for now. And we will have The Flash for now. But like, it's hard to imagine that even in 2022, we still had it all for a little while because this year has felt so long with every show we've had to say goodbye to. But it'll be it will be sad to say goodbye to them or start a new year without them in it because they've been such a regular part of the CW. But I just I hope like Reed said, they become kind of cult classics. I feel like Legends of Tomorrow is already three quarters of the way there. It's weird to have a show become a cult classic when it's still on the air. But I feel like its cancellation will somehow add to it becoming one of those infamous shows that should have ended better, and it deserves that. And even though Batwoman did kind of tell a complete story, there was still so much more story there to tell. So I just hope in years to come, these shows are held up for the kind of like beacons of uh, hope and enjoyment that they were throughout the runs because they didn't always get the praise they deserved. And I hope they live on forever and that someday we get a conclusion.
0: It's sad to say goodbye to these shows also because it feels like the the shows that got axed are also the ones that take themselves less seriously. Mm -hmm. So, like, the final uh, CW show on our list is Tom Swift, uh, which, again, so be goodness at this time with a sci-fi fantasy um, bent to it. We thought we were getting an expansion to the Nancyverse, and apparently the Juniverse is not not expanding. In fact, she's sunsetting, which is strange because when we saw the first trailer for Tom Swift, we were interested, right? And then we saw the show and it is amazingly over the top. Should have been paired with Dynasty. There's just something about Tom Swift that is way too much. And you have to find out what's happening with him and the rest of of his crew um, with Zenzi and Isaac and him trying to um, get his dad back from Saturn. Was it Saturn? Uh, And (laughs) and like these... um, this society that's trying to bring technology down. It was just a wild, wild ride for such a short season and comparative to other seasons on the CW uh, that also, as you would say, Reed, ended on a serve. It was a cliffhanger serve. Um, and it makes you want to tune in more. I think if there is another cult classic, it would be Tom Swift. I think if you know about how it ends, you'd want to see how you even get there. That is one of the most shocking things the CW show has done. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it, but you should definitely watch Tom Swift. It gets your entire life. Enjoy the sci-fi and scream at the TV when you get to that ending. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And probably like strongly worded text or not text um, tweet to the (laughs) CW about canceling it.
2: As shocking as it was to watch from the sidelines, uh, the dismantling of the Arrowverse, like in like brick by brick, It was I I still have to say it was really shocking that Tom Swift never aired at the same time as Nancy, like not even in the same like Nancy had already packed up and moved on from season three by the time Tom got here. And then he was already canceled (laughs) by the time. I don't know. It was all stressful, but I do own Tom Swift on DVD, so I will be uh, revisiting him all the time. That's how I can. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Amazing! This is just another plug for buying things, y'all. Buy yeah, things. Yeah, support <laughs> physical media. <laughs> yes,
1: because
0: if, if Warner Brothers Discovery is anything to pay attention to, sometimes you cannot get things if you just no. let them live on streamers.
2: It's two thousand four again, y'all. We don't yeah, know, know when we're gonna see anything again.
0: <laughs> it's Christmas. Put it on your Christmas list. <laughs> Moving on to what we're watching along, because. Warner Brothers Discovery was also just dishing out a lot of news at one time. We also got the Flash Season 9 teaser promo, not a full trailer. It's like 30 seconds. Um, But did we see anything we didn't know already that had come out in reports?
1: Mm. I feel like we knew that Pied Piper was going to be back and that he was going to play perhaps some kind of villainous role. But I did like the fact that Barry was saying to him, you, you, when he said, I have not been left, Barry was like, that's not true or whatever. And trying to give him one of those like beautiful Barry Allen speeches that Barry Allen does so, so well. So I feel like that's part, partially maybe what I'm most intrigued about to see what kind of role he plays because we've all said he should have been like kind of a at least a recurring character throughout the show's run. So I'm very intrigued to see what kind of role he plays in the upcoming night season because I know we've all been critical of it, the current iteration of The Flash, but I can't lie and say that I didn't get emotional when I watched that trailer because it's starting yeah, for to feel 30 very 30
2: seconds, real. it was pretty epic. It felt yeah. like, a, like the Avengers Endgame trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it just felt so big.
0: They were like the final run, and it's was like, oh, right in the heart. I don't want That's it to be cute. the final run. That's cute. Yeah. That's cute. I will say, though, Hartley, can he ever catch a break? Mm-hmm. Like... Every time we see him, something has gone wrong. And now apparently he has nothing to live for.
1: He was a villain. He was a hero. He was a villain again because of crisis. Then they turned him into a hero again. And now something's gone terribly wrong and he's become a villain again. I will say, like in defense of him, his villainous turns are always like motivated by something going on in his life. So I don't blame him if he's turned to the dark side again. But for goodness sake, writers, give this man a break.
0: No, can he ever be happy? <laughs> I just <laughs> never let him be happy. Um, speaking of not being happy, being allowed to be happy lot of time, we also got West Allen crumbs, but they seemed happy. I say that tentatively because we have no idea what's happening. But like you had a shot of their hands as they're laying in bed. We got them. Um, I think they might have been at a club,
1: which I, I can't so. remember the last yeah. time
0: they went to a club together I, actually was it before they even got together i think it
1: was before
0: they were awkwardly talking about Netflix and chill or something yeah. if i remember <laughs> the bad. dialogue right yeah oh no it was bad read um but there i just i really want them to be consistently happy we did hear that like the first two episodes will have a west Allen team up but i don't want the first two episodes to have that and then they like <laughs> barely see each other yeah. the rest of the season
1: yeah the trailer kind of teases with all of that Because we did get some happiness in, But we also saw the two of them teaming up To take on the new Captain Boomerang Played by Richard Harmon from The 100 um, And it, I got a flashback to season 4 Seeing Iris holding that big technologically advanced gun again And I was like <sighs> Flashbacks, And so I'd like to see two, the two of them working together in the field, but more, more, more importantly than all of the superhero stuff, I just like to see them happy because what they have put, the, what the writers have put the couple through and what they've put us through as fans of them over the last two or three seasons with all these separation storylines we want to spend these final 13 episodes actually seeing them be happy and not being told they were happy this summer or being told they were happy off screen. We want to see them be happy because no point in getting off them getting a happy ever after. If we can't actually see them be happy on the show. So more West Island, please. It not just the first two episodes. see more juice Impress. for the fan cams. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. We need all the fan videos, uh, but last comment that we still nothing on Caitlyn besides the hand on, yeah. the, on, the, on the case of whatever she put herself in.
1: Yeah, I don't know what this story. I'm very intrigued by it because it was such an unusual turn. I was not happy with the way they killed off Killer Frost. It made no sense to me, especially when there are less interesting characters on Team Flash. Sorry, not sorry, but <laughs> um, uh, I, I, they got me. I didn't love the cliffhanger because they couldn't do much with it, and I understand why. But it doesn't mean I'm any less intrigued to see where they go with that. I don't know if it, if Caitlin and this new entity is going to be there separately. I don't know if this new entity is going to be what Caitlin and Killer Frost was. Are we going to permanently have a creature with ice powers or is Caitlyn going to be there at all? I don't know. It's very, very intriguing. And I think that's why I am interested to see where it goes, because it's such a bold storyline, especially for the final season. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of creature or entity comes out of that container. Mm,
0: hopefully it is actually interesting and not something that they just sprinkle into the story yeah. and then they get tides up at the end. I don't know. I don't trust them, but I am <laughs> happy about everything else that is happening. Um, but moving from central city to Horseshoe Bay, speaking of things that are interesting, it looked oh. like episode six acted like a season premiere.
1: Mm. I've been pushing this agenda for weeks. I think you're right. I think you got it. <laughs> that felt like a season two premiere, right? With the the voiceover from Nancy at the start, which I thought was very clever that it turned in that she was actually saying that out loud while she was doing her community service. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Because I remember at the end of the last
2: episode, she was like, did you hear that? And we were like, oh, she's talking to us. Who was she talking to then? I
0: I think they were trying different things because that whole thing drops by episode seven. I think they were trying to see whether or not they wanted her to look at the camera at us and they were like, you know, it's weird.
1: (laughs) It very much had a like, shh, did you hear that? Kind of like ghost story Mm -hmm. element about it. But then the show kind of does What every show on the CW does That has voiceover By the third episode it's gone um, Nancy's kind of kept the voiceover throughout But it's, it's been very sporadic Whereas now it seems like They've come up with the idea Of having her actually talk to herself While she's doing her community service Which was quite clever But the fact that she told us Where all of the characters were That they were all doing different things And then when the mystery started There was a very Let's get the band back together Vibe about it streamed season premiere to me So I feel like this is where Season two was officially supposed to start
0: it was funny though because it only really been two weeks but they kind (laughs) of felt like it had been like a whole summer between yeah it's always (laughs) a summer (laughs) Uh, but like um it was a whole get the band back together sort of vibe you're right and it's interesting that we seem to have um left our anger about the aglaca in the previous episode and we've moved on to you know i found a sense of purpose (laughs) i found a sense of we actually should be doing this
2: you know i was like ace (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I mean, he's so me, like, I can't stay committed to one emotion for too long. So I was like, that worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was taken aback. I was like, weren't we just mad at Nancy? And then, I guess, shared trauma of Georgian was dying. They were all like, okay, we're, we're, we're better. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Passes the past.
0: True, plus I guess 14 episodes of box lunches Not 14 episodes, 14 weeks of box Not 14 weeks, I can't do words 14 days <laughs> <laughs> Of like box lunches From his mom and he's like I need to do more
1: You yeah. have, <laughs> haven't met his mom yet, right? Yet. No, I need to meet this woman <laughs> I, I, I feel oh, like no. that was another season 2 tease Like you know they always plant the seeds For when things like that come up So I feel like we will learn more about his family this season And I hope we do because there's so much untold when it comes to him.
0: Yeah, and these two episodes didn't give as much <laughs> <No>. <laughs> about that. That the the, um, the supernatural haunting of the week was interesting, though. Um, mm. It's I cannot believe. Well, I can believe that Nancy would open the bag to look in and pull the the bugs out of the man's mouth, but it shook me when he fell out of her um, <laughs> at home.
2: Oh, jump scare! <laughs> I know. And got me.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and she was intrigued by it, and I was like, "No, girl, I would, I would yeah. need to go that <laughs> like
1: yeah, out. Totally Let's perform an autopsy in my dining room. No, don't do that."
2: And I loved how like Nick was back on his dad energy. It was like, mm-hmm. "Can we all think about this?" And they were all already like not ignoring him. He's yeah. had the gloves mm-hmm. on, the <laughs> apron, and Bess was not even entertaining any of Nick's like caution. <laughs> no, she's <laughs> like, like the, pizza cutter. Yeah, the <laughs> energy was like, I love. I loved seeing them have fun together again and mm-hmm. like be playful and to kind of change the energy. And I did think um, speaking of Ace, I don't I can't remember yeah. if I talked about it in the last two episodes, but to see him be a little bit more confident in himself and within mm-hmm. the group to be a little bit more playful than his little sarcastic mumblings in the background. I, I just think his growth as a character that's been steady and like kind of quiet, like it's not mm-hmm. hitting us over the face. He's just getting more and more confident to um or maybe comfortable is the thing because he's such a i'm assuming like a loner so to see him actually like having a a nice friendship with nick and like he always has his connection with um with best but he seems like he's not just the dishwasher anymore he's he's part of the the gang and he he and he feels that
0: He's always wanted that. It's uh, You reminded me of that when he was mad at Nancy and he was like, it feels like this is being taken from me. And that's why he's like, he couldn't deal in that moment. And it wasn't taken from him. And now he gets to have a lot of fun solving mysteries with his friends. And they each bring something different to the table. Um, It was funny seeing them have this little pocket investigative thing going on in the kitchen while Nick is like not having it and um George is taking pictures of her sister can tell her what the bug is and okay. Bess is like ready with the tools and and um Ace has his gloves on and he's got to get to it. we're gonna cut through this poorly sewn together man's back and <laughs> we're gonna find out like everything that's inside this this show makes all the supernatural things it can be spooky but when those five are together did I count right we're just gonna assume i did <laughs> um that it, there's a bunch of levity to it but it does have its seriousness like when they found out that the um they the supernatural thing goes after children
2: mm. that I, was a lot yeah it refer- was a big
1: tragic mm. uh, mm-hmm. background to a lot of these stories um and i referenced the walking dead a lot in this podcast but my goodness was that scene terrifying when the uh body woke up in the back of the um the van and it went for the child I feel like the show jump scares never fails and I think that was one of the most terrifying yet even though we kind of knew it was coming when it sat up in the background and everything Mm -hmm. but like and the way it was shot the way you were like was you saw the the it stop and then and you Nancy was following and with Nick in the car um, yeah, my goodness. I, you, you could feel the tension rising as they build towards that, even though you knew what was happening. And I just thought that was such a like powerful moment because this show does jump scares. This show does terrifying moments so well. But even when you know it's coming, it still makes you incredibly uneasy. And Maybe that's the shift in tone now for season two. I feel like we're going to get that a lot more as we get this like monster of the week theme because whatever Nancy did in that room when she took the shawl to save uh, George, There's a lot of monsters out there now. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they experiment with that, those tropes and the the supernatural going forward.
0: And I like that there was consequences to it. I mean, we knew that there would be, but um, they did at least, they gave them two weeks to have a break before things started breaking loose. Um, But I do like that there's this tension now between her and, um, is her name Hannah? the um, Mm -hmm. woman at the historical society Mm -hmm. uh but like that you also need nancy because yes she made the mess but she can fix it not to mention who else is going to fix it in town Mm -hmm. um and i like the element of with the circling back to the child that you should listen to children when they say that they Mm -hmm. heard something i mean yes his dad didn't want to indulge him though he should have just indulged a child when they say right (laughs) 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 Um, like to find out that was actually an element um of the whole story and that Charles was protecting him. And then seeing those child hands pull that thing back into the ground from which it came was a lot.
2: You didn't love that it was George's sisters. I know they needed something mm-hmm. like they needed emotional mm-hmm. stakes. They needed it to be like a big heightened thing, but George, man can't catch a break coming or going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> she cannot, she cannot at all. It's what, well, I, did you like how slow this reveal with Odette has been, or did you wish that they had we sort of gotten there in episode six more?
1: I don't know, Michael. What do you think? I'm on in, on bo- both sides about it because I we kind of saw it coming from the finale and the finale for episode five, and then had to wait a little while for it, but we knew it was coming. And then in the first episode or episode six, nothing happened. I mean, a lot happened with George, but. There was no revelation. And then, well, we'll get to the next episode shortly, but I feel like the revelation played out fine because they didn't make us wait too long and there was a storyline to kind of force it. I know sometimes that can be iffy, but I feel like in this situation it kind of worked well. There's been... a. You, you want George to be open with people, but at the same time, you understand why she's struggling with it because it's very much a thing. She takes things on and wants to solve the problems herself. That was very much in character. And it was also very much in character for Nick to be worried about her because she's not talking to him. And he knows he's, he said that himself. George is not a person that needs saving. She can very much look after herself. But this is one of those situations where the lines blurred and she does kind of need help saving herself Not to take all the credit away from her But like Nancy knows about the stuff Nick knows about the stuff S and Bess also know about the stuff So it's I'm glad we eventually work to a place Where it is teamwork But I, I was completely at home with the fact That she was trying to take it on herself at the beginning
0: I, I'm of two minds Like it's very in character for George to do that But I also felt like by the time we hit episode seven It escalated in a way that didn't mesh with episode six because she was still in the episode six, she's still very much just singing in French. (laughs) Um,
2: It was like more (laughs) of what we had already known from episode five that she like knows French Odette's in the mirror. And we just like found out the the rules in episode six. And then it just like Mm -hmm. went full speed ahead in seven.
0: Yeah. And that I didn't quite, I wish we had just gotten a little bit more in episode six. Um, It's weird watching things back to back, like literally, um, because I feel like the opinion would shift if there was a break, a week break between the two. I don't know. Um, But last point for episode six, Carson and Nancy are working together now.
2: This reminded me so much of um, Veronica Mars, which I hate comparing Nancy Drew, this show Nancy Drew to Veronica Mars, because Veronica Mars was, I mean, had to have been inspired by Nancy Drew. Um, But this was giving me Veronica and Keith and, Veronica was always the team that was getting up to no good doing her investigations. And Keith was the dad trying to keep her in line. And it seems like we're gonna get that. Although Carson was like has no money and he's like, I can pay you. And I'm like, with what money, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that part was strange. I mean, um, if they are very cute together though. this doesn't seem like she saw the past due notices, sir. Like, I don't know. And lunch is included too. Like, he's going to provide her with, which I mean, that's a total dad thing, but like, I don't know where the funds are coming from. Are there more <laughs> cases lined up?
2: Was sixth episode where she calls him dad? Yes. Uh, yes. Because there was a moment where they're like bantering and she says dad. And I thought they were going to make a moment mm-hmm. of it. Of course, it was going to mm-hmm. be like, oh my God, you called me dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I loved that moment to see Nancy fully opened
1: up again to her dad. Mm-hmm her mm-hmm. non-Ryan dad. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of was expecting that moment too because earlier in the episode, when he walked in, when she she had the client and was talking to the woman who found the body under the tray, um, she literally said, Carson. So they made a big <laughs> moment of the fact that she called him that. So I thought there would be a moment later on, but this show is absolutely brilliant as far as subtleties go. Maybe it was supposed to be more subtle. And it's 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 cute seeing them work their way back to each other. They're in a different place now, but it's every bit as um fulfilling seeing them get back to where they were. And I can't wait to see what how they work together. And I I feel like that's a good segue into the next episode because we kind of got the beginnings of that in episode seven.
0: We did, and it was sweet, though just to say she's a cursing because she lied to that woman about being his staff member.
1: So she oh, couldn't okay. call him
0: bad. Um, okay,
1: that makes sense. <laughs> Damn, that nice was confusing. <laughs> <those>.
0: <laughs> but the the, the the them working together, I love that they popped her bubble early on that this is not going to be some type of I'm yeah, sending you like around town. The field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, here are the bills and the receipts, like for the for the couple that are getting divorced. And uh, he's like, and I have a two hole punch. Like have fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is very <laughs> we... definitely find something in that, though. Mm-hmm.
0: She would.
1: Yeah, it very much gave the idea that it's not all it's cracked up to be. And then we didn't get to see more of it. I know it was more about what and how Nancy felt about college, but I kind of felt like Carson was going to be like, are you working on my case or what is it that you've got drawn into here? And because she obviously had her hands full for the rest of the episode. But it was a nice it was a nice continuation from what came before because they're happy to be working together. But meanwhile, Carson's not going to stop being her father and suggesting whether she wants to go to college or not. I feel like that played a great deal of importance into Nancy's story then in this episode, as did the case she had to investigate. And
2: yeah, he was like, if you want to go to Columbia, we can make that happen. And I'm like, Carson, <laughs> we've seen your books. Because
0: <laughs> if <laughs> so she's going to need the scholarship page, the financial aid or I, to Dr. Ryan. If it to
2: happen, it's Ryan, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I think also this episode sort of set up the idea of a possible in um, paranormal investigator situation for Nancy since those three girls came directly mm-hmm. um, to her. And that was really cool. But um, also did this nice dichotomy of like, yes, they're all around the same age, but she is not like these college girls and neither are the rest of her friends.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were very much younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in essence.
1: I thought it was some of the comedy in this episode was very, very good um, with the fact that um, Ace texted Nick SOS just because he was trapped in the house with these three college girls um, who were very much acting like college girls. And then Nick didn't really get it at first. And then later on, he was like, oh, don't you dare leave me. Don't you dare leave me. (laughs) Uh, Again, I think that's just down to the, the um, the way the show tackles dynamics. We've seen Nick and Ace have scenes before, but I feel like we we kind of saw some important moments between Nick and Ace in this episode. In the episode beforehand, we saw that incredible scene with um, Ace and George in the car where they kind of bonded over coming back from the dead. Mm -hmm. And um, then even Bess and Nick had a unique dynamic where they were both worried about George. It's only now I'm starting to realize we didn't see as many sides of the group or as many like one-on-one dynamics within the group as you think and I feel like a season two started we're starting to see a lot more of that and whether it's comedy or whether it's seriousness it all really adds just to building that friendship that they've kind of really um concocted among themselves
0: and you can really feel the friendship too um between all of the characters it did take that first season for everyone to get used to the mm. dynamics and how it um how they've changed over time. I just feel like they've cemented now into who they are to each other. Like, yeah, they're they're learning more about one another, but they feel very settled as a friend group now with everybody respecting what everybody else brings to the table, but also having fun moments together. And there isn't, currently, we're only two episodes into this next part of the season. There's no drama.
1: No, not yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess there might be with the George situation. Um,
2: oh, yeah.
0: I don't understand how she thinks that she's going to be able to keep this from Nick for long considering the fact that Odette is taking over her body now. Like at some point she's going to do it in front of Nick.
1: Mm -hmm. And the fact that more people know now, I, I, yes does not oh yeah does it he wasn't involved in any of the scenes where they found out so Nancy and Beth it feels like the, sh- the group's kind of divided here and that they know think more things than some of the other half do- does and I wonder if that'll play into the conflict or whether Jordan's Nick's gonna be, be gonna... so angry at everybody for lying yeah yeah, like, yeah right <laughs> I mean, like priorities Nick <laughs> yeah I,
0: well the one thing so I have one fear um, and it's because of something that Ace said in episode six about how um, George isn't Nancy. I was like, this does not need to be, like, a trauma response from Nick. Like, this is a whole different situation. Like, um, there's a reason why she's hiding this for me. It's not like Nancy. I don't want them to do as much something something you said, Reed, is that every time there's a problem with Fanson, we then circle it back to what a problem was with and Like, I get that that's natural. That would happen realistically, but also this is fiction, and it can't keep doing that it makes it seem like to me it would make it read like fanson has to be a um have a read on drusen and they that they, they communicate with each other as far as like relationship texts go and that's not necessary they can just exist on their own cut cord
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they don't need to keep bringing it up for us like we know we've watched mm-hmm. and now this is its own thing um yeah you're right i didn't i didn't really pick up on that scene
1: and not to, not to shade Nancy but I feel like there's a stark <sighs> contrast between what's <laughs> happening here in that Nancy sometimes was completely unaware of how Nick felt or didn't take his feelings into regard whenever she kept things from him or should, soldiered on and did her own thing. Whereas George just made the decision not to tell Nick because of how he feels. You know, with that, that conversation she had with Bess at the end was quite poignant where she said about how he still wakes up at night calling out and he's still afraid. That, uh, he was still He's still traumatized by the fact that he temporarily lost her. So she doesn't want to add to his stress. So I do think while, that while on the surface these situations might look similar, they're very, very different so the comparison should not be mad
0: yeah please don't do that i feel <laughs> I have a feeling that it's going to it's going to happen but i prefer it not be a big thing mm-hmm. um hopefully not okay, relationships best... can we ace? talk about ace
2: please right yes. yeah flirting
0: <laughs> it came out of nowhere didn't it realize did. um that he had he even spoken to his Herman amanda I had to Uh, Google
2: her because I forgot who she was. Sorry, Amanda.
0: Yeah. Like she's one of the bops. I thought Gil would come back and that'd be a new thing for Nancy because they clearly had a flirtation going on, which made sense. But not to say that Ace and Amanda can't be lovely. I was just, oh, well, you have, you been harboring a crush. uh, That was the energy. The energy was that he had been harboring a crush, but it didn't seem like they had communicated before then. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay.
2: And Nancy kind of picks up on it too. Mm-hmm. She like, did. She lets him have his little moment and then she's like, okay. And she reels him and she's like, hey, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, time of sensitive.
0: There's a ghost thing happening.
1: It was interesting that it was Nancy that did that because I feel like we've talked about how then to have quite a unique bond. And I know people could read into it like was Nancy jealous or whatever. I don't think we're at that stage yet. I feel like they have such like unique camaraderie that they kind of like read each other in the way that nobody else can and like for example i love the fact that they both have their own private server and that, that there was a conversation made about that later on but i feel like yeah you're right she, she gave him this few moments and then when it started like impinging on the investigation she was like gotta go get out of here but it was it was kind of adorable watching him try to flirt with her but at the same time no he was under the pressure as and we got to get this information to get out of here
0: yeah, but she also circles, Nancy circles back and she gives him the opportunity to then spend mm-hmm. more time with Amanda. I mean, yes, it benefits her, but it just seems interesting that she, she would call ace, but I just like how it fits in the story that like, okay, I your time together. You, let's, you can go back, and, but do a job for me at yeah. the same time.
1: She knew she could make use of that.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: What do we think about Odette?
0: I want her to heal and move on. Like I just like not that I don't like her. I do. I just feel like I might have liked her character if either she was possessing somebody else or if um, there was another situation going on besides yet another possession for um, George.
1: Mm -hmm. That I'm glad they made reference to the fact that George has been possessed before because this does have an issue that it could come off as quite semi as and being there done that let George heal, uh, breathe for a second. But at the same time. The def- this episode was more important as far as Odette goes, because we see that Odette actually did something nice and she may not be the malevolent spirit she's been cracked up to be. But you're also like, but then you have that ending scene where she's like, the only way to get me out of George's body is to kill the host. And I'm like, oh, so we don't know what Odette's motivations are yet. This and I is- feel like we know that's not going to
2: happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which, I mean, I love the stakes, but I'm like, eh, I know how this goes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: She is very oh. dramatic, though. Mm-hmm. The yeah. whole um, "I took her to the hounds and now she's gone." I'm like, okay, Odette, we could have phrased <laughs> that better.
2: Leah's French accent, though, amazing. Loved <laughs> it. I loved it.
0: Uh, speaking of accents, though, there were accents in episode six who Nick did one. Um,
2: Love it. Yeah, uh, amazing. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the, like, the
0: writers are like, "So, how many of y'all can do accents? Because we're gonna, we're gonna do the thing." <laughs> we
2: Before we move on to the big cliffhanger and wrap things up there i do want to touch on a scene that i really liked quickly um which was the scene between nancy and jennifer at the mm-hmm. bus station the Bus station scene mm-hmm. where they but like jennifer admits like how she felt why she needed felt she needed to escape but she just feels so like out of place in college or i guess more specifically the volleyball team and nancy kind of explains what she's gone through I kind of wanted the scene to go a little bit further when Jennifer was like, why did you let me go on so much about my minor existential crisis? I wanted her to be like, no, your feelings are vital. Anything you feel is <laughs> vital. And I do think Nancy expresses that. It's just the way that she shared her experience with that girl that she does not know felt very empathic and not like, well, look what I went through. It's nothing compared to your <laughs> volleyball hazing. <laughs> um, I thought it was very sweet. I did just kind of want to go a little bit further to like... But again, like Michael said, this show has a very good subtle writing quality where like we can we can pick up on that. I just hope that viewers did pick up on that. And I, I don't want anyone to think that just because you might be have anxiety over certain changes or like if you're going to college and you feel out of place like that's a thing that's OK to feel that way. And you don't have to go through all the things that Nancy felt to feel the way both of them did.
0: Yeah, I think Kennedy did her best, though, without having a line because her face says it, mm-hmm, even yeah. if she has no no words for it. It is a great, very vulnerable scene where Nancy gives up a piece of herself in order to connect with somebody else, which is not to say that Nancy doesn't do that. But to do that with a, a stranger when she had been struggling in the previous season to even share that with people that she actually knows was also a point of growth for her and she had an outsider tell her like someone who's not in her bubble tell her you keep talking about college I think that means you want to (laughs) go
1: It was a really powerful way to bring like kind of like the college thing came up obviously we mentioned with the Carson scene and then you were like is there a reason for this and of course the episode gave you the reason but I feel like that was a nice way of pulling it all together and speaking of pulling it all together um Ryan and Nick are obsessed with uh keeping Nancy's name away from the Hudsons. And then you saw that moment where she wasn't sure what surname she wanted to put in on her application. I was like, Nancy, yeah. your government name is Nancy Drew. <laughs> right. Yes. I know you have
2: an identity crisis right now, but you know you're going to put Drew on there. Like, <laughs> please.
0: Well, she has no connection to the Hudson name. I don't know, like, besides, of course, Ryan, but what I mean is, like, Why are we pretending there's emotional weight there for her? There's not. The emotional (laughs) weight was with Ryan, the person, not his last name.
2: (laughs) I know it went from like, oh, what should I do with the rest of my life? To like, okay, I made the decision to maybe apply to college. But now it's like, who am I? And maybe we're going to get more of that in the future episodes. But it didn't feel like Nancy ever struggled with Mm -hmm. her name. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think she's going to be Nancy Drew hyphen Hudson or change her name to Hudson. I just don't see that. And she can't. Because of Everett's going to kill her or whatever they were talking about. <laughs> not to laugh about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's, like that like, it's, it's more of a mess because I don't know why, why Ryan thought it'd be okay to call the man's manager, the Thank financial you. manager, and that not give back to Everett. That was like, he was doing so well <laughs> until he tripped. <laughs>
1: And then he had to do the damage control And take the job to cover his tracks I do feel like Nancy's um crisis about who she is Very much could play into the plot I don't think I would like to think She's not going to put Hudson down on her application If she does apply But it was some nice tension to end the episode with Because everybody around her is keeping a secret That we all thought she would have no problem keeping And now we're starting to say Hold on a minute Does she want to have this conversation? Does she want to add herself as a Hudson? And Yeah, I feel like that's another, it feels like another new season two thread. And I'm wondering where it'll go, especially with all the like stakes that were added to it in this episode, as far as Everett goes. Speaking of, let's talk about the husband. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, like, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs>
0: did not access it. I said, oh, okay, <laughs> that was not yeah. part of the backstory that she gave Nancy at the funeral. Um, and she was not given... The- I wonder if Elizabeth knows. Or if season two even cares about Elizabeth at this point. But I do like, want to
2: know. <laughs> I was waiting for the camera to like pan on this man. And I guess we don't know who he is. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I guess okay. Ace didn't look at him, so we didn't get to see him. But we did see Bess's picture on his phone. Mm-hmm. I just is hope this isn't picture? like a. I'm sorry, what, what were you going to say?
0: I was going to say if it's a picture, that picture looked recent. It looked like the, the, the outfit she wore at one of the Hudson, not Hudson events, the Marvin events.
1: Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. So was he watching her or did, was that just a convenient promo photo he happened to have on his phone?
2: <laughs> I just hope it's not like some like abusive thing where she ran away from him. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't want it to be something like that, but it's going to get juicy. What is Ace going to do with this info? i know he's her go to, go to best don't go to anybody <laughs> <Yeah>. else first
0: <laughs> that or he might hack first he might hack and bring her information that he found i like yeah. to violate your privacy but apparently your husband is here
1: <laughs> <laughs> he would so say that <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: uh last name did you have thoughts besides best husband was that it
1: i think so mm-hmm. okay. i like season two i'm looking forward to seeing where it goes I do I like the
2: energy of these two episodes. I think we needed a little bit of a story of the week and Mm -hmm. starting episode seven with characters we never met before was an exciting, like, we don't get that a lot in the show and it's a a touchstone of, like, procedurals where you start with a character you don't know and you work your way to your heroes helping them. Um, I don't want every episode to be like this, but it's a nice, Mm -hmm. like, once in a while little breather. That's
3: true.
0: I guess that is why we will leave it. Um, before we toast everyone on the CW for all of the joy and the panic <laughs> and um, <laughs> the emotion that they brought us this year I mean it has been one it's quite a ride quite a ride for 2022 that no one could it. have expected uh, but the CW stars got us through it
2: they sure did
1: They really did. And I feel like with their performances, with their campaigning, the the fandoms, they Inspire and everything, they've been there for us. And I feel like the fans needed that. They needed that rallying, needed that support, and also just needed that good escapism content that they constantly delivered. Yeah, I hope 2023 is better, but I mean, I'm very grateful for the stars of the CW in 2022.
0: Yes, they kept us afloat. They did. Uh, One thing we're not grateful for And that's where we'll be But for this pod Is the geo-locked um, CW content on YouTube now It's US exclusive
1: Yeah, I mean like oh, This network thrived off its international fans We've talked about Dynasty The hour shows I feel like we knew it was becoming more of a TV network As the months went on And that seems to be what Nextdoor wants to do but you still want the CW brand to be well known outside of the U S whether it's, whether they can watch the content or not. Um, for, for years it was always the production studios that got the credit. This is a Warner Brothers show. This is a CBS show. This was the chance. This new era is the chance for the CW to get the credit. And now if those shows never make themselves and make the presence as felt at, outside the U S even on a YouTube via a trailer, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like you you can still get those views on YouTube from the rest of the world. It doesn't matter if they can't tune on on the night. These shows could become popular outside and then help them grow their stateside audience. Look what happened with Riverdale. It's just every decision this network makes we question. But I feel like this is one of the more subtle ones that I really am questioning Questioning here. I'm struggling with it as an international fan myself because. Personal. Yeah, very personal. I feel attacked right <laughs> now. Um, I don't, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? You're like. President. All promo is good promo and they're really trafficking in the realm of no promo right now and like, where's the logic there?
0: It, it doesn't make any sense. I feel like the our last request for 2022 from the mole is to tell them to change their minds about this. <laughs> <laughs> I like think it's a poor, poor decision and hopefully it rolls back by the time we get to 2023.
1: Unlock your content, open the gates.
0: Like that meme. Okay. Um, But that is it for uh, this week's pod. It's our last one of the usual format we have. We do have one more before the year ends, but it's a special pod. It's going to be a game that Reed has has done for us. So definitely tune into that on Monday, December 26th. Uh, We are the CW Spiral. I'm Sabrina.
1: I'm Michael. And I'm Reed.
0: 加油